Thabiso Musiya on SAFM. And we are joined on the line by a former Protea and SABC's uh, cricket commentator and analyst, uh, Alviro Peterson, just to look back at that first test. Good evening, Alviro. Thank you very much for speaking to us again on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso. Always nice to chat to you guys. Good evening to the listeners as well. i got to say, I enjoyed your commentary on the women's game. I was listening on the radio. It was really, really great, the commentary. Keep it up, guys. Thank you. No, we will. And I think the Protea's women played really well. Um, obviously a bit different to the to the men. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> Let's talk about the men. What was most disappointing for you, Alviro, in that seven-wicket defeat to Pakistan inside four days? I think what's most important is, firstly, we have to look at some positives. And the positives will, will be Alga um, getting 50 and in the first innings, and then Rusty and Aidan Markram also getting some runs in the second inning. The Fisa Robada's bowling. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't enough to really win um, international games, especially test matches where you have to perform for a long period of time. Um, and if you look at Pakistan, what they've done is, um, you know, guys who picked up wickets, the spinners who picked up wickets, they, they got big wickets. Um, there was a, a century scored for Pakistan. And that's the problem with South Africa um, in that first test is that 50s and 60s won't win your games. What will win your games is uh, the centuries that you score in the big hundreds and when bowlers picking up big wickets, bowling in partnership, South Africa haven't done that. Just on that note, I know a lot of, of, of the, the commentators when I was listening on, in the second innings, they were praising Tamba Pavuma for his 40 and how well he played spin and how the other batsmen can take a leaf out or a page out of his book. Is that, is that a positive for you that, that he made a 40 in the second innings? How do you look at it? Because Tamba always divides opinion. Yeah, I think you know what if 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 you look at um, if you look at the way he's played, he, he's played well. But uh, ultimately, what you want is you want your 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 batters to to score big runs, and South Africa haven't done that. So the the, the criticism for Temba is that in five or six years he scored one hundred. You know, so if you're a Test batsman, especially in the South African side, you need to be coming up with a good scoring hundred all the time. Um, but I think he hasn't done that. But if you, if you also look at the the way he's played in that second innings, I thought he, he played clever. Um, I thought he, he showed that he can he can play at this level. It's just a case of he really needs to convert those uh, those starts he's getting into big scores, um, because that's how you measure Test batsmen, in particular Test cricketing and, and international cricket, is that. Batters will have to score hundreds and they have to score big hundreds. Going to Pakistan, a lot was said about playing spin on the subcontinent. A lot of emphasis was put on that. Why is it so difficult for us to play spin on the subcontinent, uh, Alvira? I think, first of all, it's a mindset. But, but also, oh. uh, I want to I wanna take you back to um, you know a couple of years back. So, for a period of time, we were, um, we were unbeaten all over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even subcontinent, and it, it it was a mindset. You know, I remember when when we went to India, um, we we got hundreds in those test matches. You know, guys got hundreds. The test match we drew in India, Ashimamla got two hundred um, in the first test. In the second test, we got a hundred. I got a hundred. Other guys got hundred. Mm. Whereas, if you look at the South African batting team at the moment, there's just a lack of hundred being scored. And and when you score runs and put runs on the board, especially in subcontinent condition, it allows your bowlers, especially your spinners, to now bowl attacking lines with attacking fields. 
But if you don't have the runs on the board, you can't attack for a long period of time. So I think it's a combination of everything, especially where test cricket is uh, is involved, is that your bowlers and your batters, as well as your fielders, must really come together if you want to uh, grind out a result. I think South Africa not doing that at the moment. So firstly, it's the mindset before it, it even becomes the, 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 the wickets or the conditions or the approach. Yeah, it has to be the mindset. You know, you, you need to go there and as a batsman, you have to tell yourself, listen, yeah, I need to score runs. I need to score 100. And as a bowler, uh, similar things. You know, if you're a spin bowler and you say, well, when the wicket starts spinning, I need to come into the game and I need to pick up wickets. Picking up two wickets and three wickets is not going to help the cause. And, you know, when we're talking about test, test cricket, you're talking about the guys who pick up five and six and seven wickets, you know, and the guys who score big hundreds. Um, and, and that's the thing. So you have to have that mindset that just the wicket will spin, but I need to find a way of scoring runs and I need to find a way of picking up wickets. We've also gone to numerous spinning camps on the subcontinent, Alviro. What do the guys learn there? And, and, and do you see the results of that? Well, we can't, we, we, we're not seeing the results at the moment. So, um, you know, it's always nice to, to put up in the media that we're sending 10 players or whatever to spinning camps. And, but ultimately, you need to see the results. We need to see um, runs being scored. We need to see wickets being taken. And we, we, unfortunately, we haven't seen that. And I say the mindset must change. Mm. We need to go there and say we, we want to win the game. You know, what will it take for us to win a game? Then you start setting out. Once you have your goal in mind and your vision, then the in-between you need to work it out because you're now working towards something. You can't just go there and say, well, we'll see what, what happens. And it's a great experience or different experience. You know, the, um, I, I really thought the days were gone where South African teams would go to the subcontinent and get outplayed. But I think in the last five test matches, we've lost every single game in the subcontinent. So... We have stagnated a little bit and our players need to come to the fore. Yeah, and for me, what's worrying is when you look at some of the batsmen that went on that spin camp in 2019, Aiden was there, Temba was there, Zubay Hamza was there, Yanaman Malan was there, Snetemba Kleshile was also there. I think even the young Matthew Britzke was was also there, but you don't see some of them um, in the setup now. But we've got a, um, a voice note here for Alviro that's come through on 0614104107. Good evening, everybody. This is it, Milan from Middleburg. Um, Alviro, I just want to ask you, what is it that can be done to um, to bring about uh, batsmen who can play spin, up-and-coming batsmen who can play spin? Because, you know, I've lost all hope with this current crop of batsmen. I remember in 2018, 2019, Dompas came here as a third-choice uh, as a third choice um, spinner, but then at the end of the match, he looked like world-class. So what can be done? Also, Tabiso, about the about the derby, you know, um, it's understandable why the atmosphere during the derby isn't that electric like it used to be, because I mean, none of us really, most Kaiser Chiefs supporters never really look forward to derbies because we know we're going to get a hiding, and we are the bigger we are the bigger club between the two. If anybody disputes that, they should look at the record. Thank you. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, we'll get Alvaro to answer. But I've just found actually the list of the guys that went to a spin camp in India. The bowlers were Dane Pete, is now playing in the USA. Senoran Mutusami was playing in the Momentum One Day Cup semis. Bjorn Fortein, Tsepon Dwandwa, Thomas Kaba, Dylan Matthews, and George Linda. George is basically the only guy that's in Pakistan then that went to that spin camp back in 2019. Does that surprise you, Alvaro? 
It does surprise me a bit because um, you know when you when you earmark players to to play for South Africa, you need to give them an opportunity, and you need to give them a path to get getting there. But just to get get to the to the caller's voice note yes. in terms of what needs to happen um, to to almost groom spinners is that a lot of people will say, and I've, and I've heard a lot of people say, we need to prepare spinning wickets and you know all of that. The most important thing about grooming spinners lies with captaincy. It lies in the way you captain your spinner. In South Africa, there's this culture um, at first-class level where when the spinner comes on, you know, batters just try and absolutely take him to the cleaners. And the spinner would bowl a couple of overs, then he's out of the attack. That spinner will, might play two or three games or four games and then is uh, again out of the, out of the team. So you you need to you need to have a culture of um, captains understanding what spin bowling is about. Captains understanding what field placing you need to have to spinners. And South Africa at the moment have got a young captain in, in Quinton de Kock. In fact, he's a reluctant captain. Mm. And you know now you're asking him to go to the subcontinent and win games. You know where he perhaps hasn't captained a lot. Um, he doesn't really want to do the test captaincy. Um, so that that in itself is probably not the right way of going about it. But I do feel that captains on the domestic circuit need to understand what what spin bowling is about and need to understand how to manage spinners and also need to understand how to back your spinners, you know, because we've got some wonderful spin bowlers um, in South Africa. I, I remember when, when I still played, we had Pangiso, mm. Imran Tahir, um, Eddie Lee mm. in the same team you know all those guys performed and at various stages played for South Africa because you need to understand what what makes them tick first of all um, you know how to back them and you know also the field placing I understand that sometimes batters would want to hit them out of the park but if a spinner feels like you're backing them and there's understanding about the game understanding about where fielders should be placed uh, that brings the best out of them. I actually wanted to add that we spoke to Eddie Lee um, last year sometime and he shared the exact same sentiments that you're saying about how spinners are used. He felt that he was not uh, used well. He was used more actually in the Caribbean than when he was here. But he actually mentioned you as one of the guys that actually used him better than all the other captains. So that's an interesting one. We've got, we'll take another, we'll take a quick break and we've got another question for Alvera Peterson. Sport on, on SAFM. Okay, we're just going to take this quick one for Alvera Peterson. It's come through on 061-4104-107. Yeah, man, but here from Holland. I think the team needs a, a leader when it comes to selection of bowlers. Because I remember last time we were playing here at home, we won the internationals. Good scores, but when it comes to choosing the, the bowlers, I don't think Quentin Tikok is the man for that role in leadership. I think someone can ask assist him, maybe Faf, assist him in, in terms of selecting the pairs, then he can be a representative captain. But when it comes to the selection of bowlers, we're not doing very well. I hear you there, Tulani. Maybe how he uses his bowlers, Quentin de Kock. Alvira, you've just touched on him, calling him a reluctant captain. I mean, he even said it um, himself, that he didn't wasn't really keen on the captaincy, but they've asked him to take charge of this uh, series there he's once again dividing opinion also Quinton Tukok because we know how talented he is but does he have too much on his plate well I think uh, possibly um, you know he, he might have too much on his plate at the moment 
Um, we also we also know that, and having played with Quinton and, and knowing him quite well, that behind the stumps he sees everything. Um, he gives good advice to the captain. Um, he's, he's got a good cricketing brain. But also we need to make a distinction between that, just standing behind the stump as a wicketkeeper and giving advice, mm. and to and the other side of the coin where you actually make the final decision now. And mm. whatever decision you make, you're going to be held accountable for that decision. That's the difference between, um, you know, just being a player and being a captain. Uh, and I think, and I think, Quentin de Kock at the moment he's still trying to work through that as a leader in trying to figure out what is required at international cricket, especially Test matches. I think he's done really well in terms of um, white ball cricket, um, but you know, Test cricket is a is, is a really a thinking game. You have mm-hmm. to think two, three steps, even two, three days ahead. Of, of the opposition, you know, and how you want to want to get there. So I think, from that point of view, there's some merit in in people saying perhaps he's not the right person for uh, the test captaincy position. Mm-hmm. However, there's no one that really stands up at the moment, um, you know. Um, so the the best option would be to really go for a young guy, um, you know, that can somehow almost stamp his uh, authority onto the team and the way he wants the team to to move. To move forward. The caller mentioned the use of his bowlers when it comes to decision making, which you've touched on. I saw how he was using the reviews. I mean, there was one hopeless one that he made on the fourth day when the ball had hit the player on the body, and he still went upstairs. And he was even laughing at it. It's like he felt that there was no chance, but he still went upstairs. Was that a sign of a captain that had given up, or just a sign of a captain, like you said, that probably struggles with decision making? Yeah, it's probably a sign of. <laughs> A captain giving up, you know, South Africa had opportunities um, in that test match. They just couldn't nail it down. And sometimes, you know, you, uh, as a a player, you just, uh, when you play against good opposition or the opposition just outplays you, you almost halfway through just say, oh, you know what, it doesn't really matter. I know South African teams went through that um, in the earlier days playing against Australia. It's almost like going there and knowing that when they come back, the team will be bruised, um, there will be changes made, and even the domestic players in South Africa, when South Africa would tour um, Australia, the domestic players would say, well, now's the opportunity to get some runs under our belts or wickets under our belts, because when that team comes back, there's going to be some casualties. So I think it's probably, that's the case with Quinton. He probably felt like, you know what, um, Pakistan just outplayed us in this test match. The other debate, of course, was Quinton, with Quinton is where should he bat? I, he's scored all five of his test hundreds at seven, but uh, the Proteus believe that he should be betting at five. Where do you stand in this, in this, in this debate, Alvira? Well, mine is, mine is quite simple, and I've said it for, for a long period of time. Now, Quinton de Kock should not bat at number five, especially as a wicketkeeper. Oh. So Quinton de Kock should go down the order at probably at about seven. And another thing is Temba Bavuma should not bat at number six. He's a batsman. Give him some responsibility. Send him up the order, and and say, well, this in your guard, then go score runs, then go score hundred. That's my that's my um, position in this matter, um, and I understand that some other people feel differently, but the evidence are not there. Quinton de Kock scored five hundred at number seven, like you mentioned. So why bat him at number five? 
It's as simple as that. And what did you make of this election going going into the match? Two spinners with, um, of course, Keshav and uh, George Linda. I think they were actually going to play three because Tabrez pulled up injured, if I remember correctly. If you count George Linda as a spinning, is a spinning all rounder. What did you make of that selection? I think it was, you know, I think it was a good selection. I think it was predetermined as well. Um, you know, they they went to Pakistan and and probably said, listen, yeah, the wicket the wickets will spin. Our spinners will be the main guys to to pick up wickets. So I think it's it's probably the right decision to to play those two spinners. I would have liked to have seen the Bray Shamsi, uh, you know, the wrist spinner because wrist spinners generally get more spin. Um, on on those surfaces, so I would have liked to have seen him in the mix there, similar to what Yasha um, Shah did. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't to be. As I mentioned, from a South African point of view, you need to get runs on the board, and your batters need to score big runs, and then allow the bowlers to pick up 20 wickets. You know, and 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 attack. Um, so it also helps the captain out in terms of setting the the field in such a way that they can attack more. Looking to the second test in Rawalpindi on Thursday morning, Alviro, what changes are you expecting or would you like to see or can we see any changes? Well, you know, it's one of those test matches where South Africa weren't totally outplayed. So they, it wasn't a case of, you know, you look at the batters and you say, well, that one didn't really perform and didn't, you didn't perform over a long period of time. So, so, so that is quite difficult to change the team. I think they'll probably go in with the same sort of batting lineup, even though I'd like to see Peterson come in. Um, you know, he's a guy who scores hundreds um, on the domestic circuit. So I would have liked to have seen him uh, feature, you know, earlier and, and also now in, in the second test. From a bowling point of view, similar. I don't think South Africa have got um, a lot of choices there anyway. Um, hopefully, if Shamsi is fit, I think he'll probably uh, get into the starting lineup. But again, it's going to be a case of South Africa will have to contend with spinners from a batting point of view. And then also, they will have to bowl Pakistan out and make sure that they don't give any easy runs to Pakistanis. I mean, you, you look at their best batsman, Baba Azam, hasn't scored runs in, in the first test match, yet Pakistan got a big score, even though they were four down for not many. They, they went past uh, South Africa, so they found a way of actually scoring runs on those conditions. South Africa would have felt like, you know what, they in with a chance here to really bowl Pakistan out and have a lead in the first inning. And finally, on Twitter, Mr. Gianni says, Quentin de Kock is not the man to lead the test team forward. And Howard says, we always struggle on the subcontinent, but I disagree with Alvira when he says Quentin de Kock is a great captain. I think Makram or Elga should be given the armband. You, you said, Alvira, that maybe they can look at a young captain. Who's top of, of, of mind for you? I think, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're looking at purely young, um, you probably, we probably have to look at, at Aidan Makram. Um, you know, then... Give him, give him the opportunity to say, listen, yeah, we'll give you a couple of years, try and build this team with obviously the management and so on. The other option is, and, and I know it's been on the minds of a lot of people, is to give a guy like uh, Kemba Bavuma maybe the captain. He's captain at, at Lions. Um, but, you know, he hasn't really scored the runs to justify his election, uh, first of all, in the, in the team. So, so that makes it difficult. And you've got all these things. A better bet, bet would have been 
to, to actually make Dean August captain since the Sri Lanka series, in fact, for this whole season. You know, he's experienced. Um, it will only be maybe one or two seasons. And then try and groom a vice-captain in whoever they want. Um, so I was a bit surprised when, when Quinton de Kock was made the captain, especially if he's so reluctant. If Quinton have said, listen, yeah, I want a captain, and I want a captain South Africa for a long time, I would support that. Uh, that would actually be my first choice. But because of the reluctance, you know, you, you don't want a, a test captain that's reluctant. You want a test captain that really want a captain and say, I want to move this, this team forward. Okay, great stuff, Alvaro. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for giving us some of your time and your insight tonight on SAFM. Anytime. Have a good evening. Thank you. Great insight. Always from a player. Ah, when you speak to a player, you get something different, guys. I always say this. I mean, listen to how we explained now Quentin de Kock being vocal behind the stumps when he wasn't captain and how different it is now that he's captain and he has to now make the decisions, not just give advice. It's a different ballgame altogether, as uh, Alvira Peterson uh, tells us there.